Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host today, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show on our Twitter page, which is at Championship Pod. And you can reach me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. And I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger, um, and often um, appearing on this podcast also. You can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft. Reluctantly on the podcast, uh, I'm Jake. I, you get me on Twitter at Jake Jackal <laughs> with two ends, and I write for EPL Index. Yeah, we thought we'd get you back on, Jake. Uh, good preparation for you sort of talking about Newcastle again next season. Um, you know, Wolves coming up, <laughs> showing you exactly how to do it. Um, but yeah, before we sort of get into today's main topics, we'll just run through the the results from the weekend. Obviously, uh, Birmingham Derby on Friday night, West Brom and Aston Villa shared the spoils 2-all. Um, I think listening back, you two predicted that result sort of spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that late goal, you know, proved to be sort of important in terms of your guesses. Then we move into Saturday. Bristol City won 1-0 at Birmingham. Swansea won 3-2 away at Brentford. Leeds won 2-1 at home at QPR. Middlesbrough and Blackburn shared a one-all draw. Millwall and Hull finished 2-all. Norwich City just edged out Bolton 3-2. Preston delighted, you know, back to winning ways after that defeat at Birmingham last weekend, won 1-0 at Forest. Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham drew 2-all. Stoke beat Ipswich 2-0. Derby won 1-0 away at Wigan, and Sheffield United rounded off the weekend by winning 2-0 away at Reading. We'll start with you first, Louis. Are there any games sort of in particular out of those across the weekend that stand out for you for sort of game of the weekend or any that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, there's definitely one big result, um, which I'll mention later if Jake doesn't. Um, but mainly the games, particularly from this weekend, the, the big results and the surprises were, were all the away wins, if I'm honest. So starting with Birmingham nil, Bristol City one. Obviously, a second half goal for Bristol City. I thought that was key because obviously Birmingham have picked up very well of late. I know they've been inconsistent with their form, but you know where they were at the beginning of the season and near the bottom, let's say right up at ninth at the minute. I think Bristol City have been on, you know, had the opposite effect that they've been on a bit of a downward spiral, but they've not lost in three games now. And yeah, Bristol City's. Um, Away win at Birmingham for me was a huge one. Uh, another one I'd like to mention quickly, like I say, away wins. Even though Swansea City were 3-0 up in the first half, uh, their victory at Brentford, as we all know, Brentford are struggling a little, but it's very, very difficult uh, getting all three points there. And I think Swansea really, really needed that victory because they've, again, been on a bit of a downward spiral this last four week or so, um, finding themselves in 12th at the moment. And to get that win, keeping them halfway in the table, just in touch with the playoffs still, um, I think that was a much-needed win. Uh, but I have, like I say, got another game that I believe was the biggest win, but I'm going to see what Jake says first. 
yeah, for me, I'm not going to go for a win. I'm going to go for uh, a draw, and that was Middlesbrough Blackburn. I thought that was quite a, quite a big point for Middlesbrough. Obviously, dropped a few points recently, down to sixth place in the league, um, down to ten men after twenty minutes. Would have been easy for them to go on and lose this game, especially after Blackburn quickly took the lead after after their red card. But they came back, brought Brett Asambalonga on. We all know what he can do, and he, he popped up with the goal there. And I think that could be quite a big point come the end of the season, um, just to just to stop you know the, the recent rut and and just bring in a bit of good confidence. I know that still haven't won a game in three, but I think they'll take a lot out of that, and it's it's a positive result rather than a, a negative result, even though it was a draw. So I think that was quite a big one in terms of what it means for the league overall, because obviously Middlesbrough, we've we've spoken about them a lot on this show, as being one of the favourites, and yeah, they're down and sick, but I think we all, we, we all think they've got the players to, to challenge for promotion. I think that was a, a, big, a big goal that could perhaps be a turning point and get them back onto a winning run over Christmas. Yeah, I completely agree with the two that you mentioned there. I think for for me, one that stands out, and I'd say not so much down to the fact that they won the game because you'd expect them to win the game, but it was the manner, and that's the the Norwich City win. You know, how many times over the last few weeks have Norwich, you know, ground out late winners, and it seems to be that man, Timo Pukki, again. You know, every week, sort of looking at, at their games, you know, the high scoring, the fans at Carroll Road are getting great entertainment um, for, for what they're paying for match tickets there. And I think, as we'll get to later, Norwich are definitely a force to be reckoned with now this season. You know, we, you, you could say that if they're just scraping the odd sort of late win here and there, it's a bit down to luck. But they seem, and obviously I'm not comparing the two teams, but how sort of growing up, I remember Man United been getting those late winners at, at crucial times and making sure that they, you know, further sort of their place at the top of the table. So another late winner for Norwich. So probably my win of the weekend, apart from uh, the Preston game, which I believe you were going to get on to, Louis. So I'll, I'll let you sort of go ahead with that first before I sort of have my say on that. Well, yeah, you, you know, it, I could say no more. For me, you know, Nottingham Forest was seventh in the league at home versus Preston, who, yes, they've, Got a decent run of form recently. They've really picked up this last six, seven weeks. Uh, but they were still obviously sat, what were they, 17th in the table at the time? So to go to Forest, which is a tough ground to go to, and as we know, Forest have been on a great, great run of form, you know, pushing fifth, sixth in the playoffs. I think, yeah, Louis Maltz, Louis Maltz goal in, in the second half there, a fine, fine victory for Preston, and 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 that is my biggest biggest win of the round of games, yeah, from this weekend. Yeah, I completely agree with the the Preston game. I was at the game. Um, you know, it's a great reaction from the quite pathetic performance away at Birmingham last week. You know, Declan Rudd. I'm sure we've all seen his howler now, where uh, Birmingham had a shot from you know about forty, forty five yards out, and it trickled through his legs, um, and I'll be sort of expecting it to make quite a few, you know, Christmas blooper DVDs over the next few years. It was sort of that bad. So for him personally, you know, keeping the clean sheet away at Forest, who with the attacking talent that they've got, like Lolly and Graben, you know, vital for his confidence. And he made a great save in sort of the last 10 minutes, tipping a header over the bar. So that's probably done him the world of good. Um, I thought we kept Norwich, uh, Nottingham Forest quiet. You know, they didn't really, apart from sort of the odd chance here or there, have a sustained period in the game where we look, you know, under real pressure. So vitally pleasing, uh, good win, you know, further sort of pulling away from the relegation zone now. And, you know, we're getting a few players back from injury as well. Daniel Johnson was back. So hopefully we can start to look up rather than 
over our shoulders now and, and sort of kick on. Um, but sort of to stay on the, the games from the weekend, we'll go to you first, Jake. Are there any players in particular across the weekend that stood out for you sort of for an individual performance or what they contributed to their team's sort of performance over the weekend? Yeah, I think there's a few players that stood out. Um, obviously, I didn't see all the games, but I thought um, it, even though they lost, I thought Ben Rama from uh, Brentford played very well uh, from what I saw from that game. Um Got a goal, uh, hit the woodwork as well, and I think he's he's a player that a bit like Morpé uh, and Watkins. That the three of them, they're really really talented, and it's a surprise that Brentford are doing as poorly as they are at the moment, considering they've got those three. But he looked really really good at the weekend, despite the loss. Um, and then you know you could go to any any amount of players that that played well. Uh, if we go to the Sheffield United game, that was a, a tough game to go away to Reading, managerless, um, and that could always throw up, you know, difficult things. But I thought John Egan uh, played really well in that game at the back. Uh, Benny Sharp obviously got a goal um, from the bench. So, you know, he's doing what, what he does best. But I thought John Egan in that game was, was the standout. So so for me, I think Ben Rama and, and, and Egan were the two that really stood out for me this weekend. That's interesting because I've, uh, I've got four players listed and, and Jake's not named one of them. So it just goes to show how you know, difficult it can be to be the standout player of the weekend. But following on from uh, the, the Preston victory at Forest there, uh, Declan Rudd, obviously, in goal, uh, especially after his howler the, the previous week, to keep a clean sheet at Forest, uh, great performance. And I know there was obviously under the cosh uh, moments in that game. Um, but probably the player of the weekend for me, at his hand in two goals, is El Ghazi at Aston Villa. Um, I know he had a stroke of luck, obviously, with the first goal, which took a deflection. Um, but the second goal, contender for probably goal of the month, it was just exquisite the way the, the ball swerved and rose right into the top corner there. So El Ghazi, for me, probably uh, edges the next two players that I'm going to mention. Uh, but the next one is Jaden Bog- uh, Bogle at Derby. Um, he had so much of the ball, actually, that he, you know, and, and he didn't really put a foot wrong in the game. Um, he had 100 touches, obviously managed to keep a clean sheet from right back, and he got the assist uh, from Marriott, who, who obviously scored the goal there. So Bogle uh, had, a, had a fantastic game. And then I'm, I'm going to mention, even though it was a bit out of, you know, get out of jail for Sheffield Wednesday, but Lucas Zhao obviously scored a brace. Uh, and I think without him, we'd have been obviously down and out. So even though his manner of performance wasn't fantastic. He still was in the right place at the right time to, to bag a brace, like I say. So uh, Lucas Zhao is my uh, fourth choice on the list there. Yeah, I'd go for two that you mentioned there, Louis. I think Lucas Zhao, you know, two goals in sort of what could be quite a crucial point for you sort of going into the Christmas period. And Lucas Zhao is a player that always seems to score against Preston. So, you know, for him to find his, his scoring boots when we've got you a week on Saturday, you know, doesn't bode well for us. Um, I'd fully expect him to pop up with a goal or two in that game as he as he did last season. Uh, the other one as well, El Ghazi, you know, two goals away at West Brom, which is a difficult place to go, um, you know, especially in, in the Friday night game on, on TV. And, you know, I don't think I can say much more than you did about his, his second goal. You know, definitely a contender for goal of the month. Um, and, you know, may even make a shortlist for, for goal of the season, depending on sort of goals scored between now and the end of uh, of the season. But sort of touching on, you know, sort of player of the month, manager of the month, as we mentioned, goal of the month there. The, the awards were given out a few days ago now. 
Daniel Farker, Norwich winning manager of the month and Tammy Abraham player of the month. Um, we'll start for you, with you first, Louis. Daniel Fark winning manager of the month. Uh, would you have gone for someone else or uh, is that the guy that you would have chosen to take that title? It's easy to see why he has won it. You know, nothing against Fark. Uh, the only other contender for me and it was a toss-up between them both was obviously Fark and then Dean Smith at Villa. You only have to look at the form guide. Uh, there's only leads up there, but they've lost one uh, last month. So, yeah, for me, it was Fark or Smith. Um, and so obviously, given Norwich, you are sat first in the league and now got a, a six-point gap over Sheffield United, um, then, yeah, it's, it's under, understandable that, that Fark won that. Um, and then regarding player of the month, obviously... Uh, Tammy Abraham won that award. For me, again, between two players, Abraham or Joe Lolly for me. So, again, 50-50 split down the middle. But with the amount of goals that he's bagged in this last two weeks, you know, again, yeah, I can't look no further than that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, obviously going to come on to Jake. I'm sure he'll agree with me. Yeah, I, th- I think it's difficult not to, to give it to Falk, considering Norwich's position. And they, they've just seem to have come from from nowhere and this, this form's come from nowhere because I, I think at the start of the season uh i know I, I saw quite a lot of norwich fans talking about him potentially being fired i know a lot of the media were talking about it um and he really has just turned it around i think uh the one thing about norwich that that perhaps makes me question them as a as a championship winner is their defense i think they concede a few too many i think conceding two goals against this bolton team is very poor um but they have got a lot of goals in them um, regularly hitting three or four, uh, as we've seen in recent weeks. The last two weeks, they've got three. Uh, the three before that, they got hit four. So, you know, they're getting a lot of goals. Already the, um, I think, the second top scorers in the division uh, after West Brom. So, clearly got something going for them. And he, he seems to have just thrown caution to the wind and, and moved away from that p- possession-based sort of defensive tactic that he had at the start. They weren't scoring too many goals, but they, they seem to be keeping it tight. But now they, they're, they're really playing some good football, quite reminiscent of, of the Huddersfield team, although that's an easy comparison to make given the the, the history of Fark and, and David Wagner. But I, I think they they do remind me of that somewhat because I always thought of that this Huddersfield team, they were lacking something to go on and, and be promoted in the top two. And I think there's something about that with this Norwich team as well. But while they're on this run, uh, obviously going to get a lot of plaudits and, and he deserves the award for the best manager of the month uh, and I agree with Louis that, that the only other one for me would have been Dean Smith but uh, uh, yeah it's, it's difficult not to give it to the one uh, the manager is top of the league Yeah I completely agree with you two that you know Daniel Fark for me uh, easy choice for, for manager of the month you know you only have to look at the form guide Norwich sit top of that ahead of Leeds 13 points from the last five games four wins and a draw and you know as Jake said scoring goals for fun the only sort of real question mark I have with Norwich and, you know, I, I want them to do well this season. They were my tip for, for dark courses, as I'm going to keep on reminding uh, both of you until they do sort of fall off. Um, is the fact that, you know, as Jake mentioned, their defence and sort of looking at their squad on on Saturday, only naming six substitutes as well. So tells me that, you know, their squad isn't the biggest so, you know, over this sort of Christmas period now, it's going to be a real test for them. You know, the likes of your, your Middlesbrough, your West Broms, your Villas have got that sort of real strength in depth. So it will be sort of interesting to see how Norwich and, and you know, perhaps Leeds, especially over the last couple of years, Leeds seem to be the team that repeat sort of their season sort of near perfectly, um, you know, 
decent position coming into Christmas and then fall off and, and chop and change the manager. So remains to be seen with them. But yeah, definitely Bark as, as manager of the month. I've got no complaints for that. Tammy Abraham as well, player of the month. I think, you know, you could have picked a, a whole host of players, which is just testament to how good the division is this year. But I think Abraham, you know, quite rightly, the amount of goals he scored, albeit four of them came in that in that crazy game a few weeks ago. But, you know, goals the goal. So no complaints with either of them. Um, one manager who didn't get nominated, and purely from a selfish point of view for me, I would have liked to have seen him uh, sort of nominated at least was was Alex Neal for us. You know he's really turned it around the last few weeks, and we're currently fifth in the in the form guide. Um, Head of the likes of you know Forest, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, who you know we're all talking about as having good seasons. So purely from a selfish point of view, it would have been nice to to see him mentioned. Um, but you know, as as long as Preston can keep going under the radar and and continue to climb the table, I'll I'll be more than happy. Um, but to move on to someone who obviously didn't win manager of the month, Reading second, Paul Clement. Um, less than nine months in charge. We'll come to you first, Louis, um, and I'll sort of we'll get your opinion on, on Sheffield Wednesday's managerial situation as well uh, sort of shortly. But the, the Paul Clement decision, do you think it was the the right decision from Reading to get rid of him? Um, do you think he should have been given more time? And, and who would you see as sort of a replacement to come in and turn their season around? Well, I can see both sides of the story. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that managers should be given time. And, and, you know, a part of your question you asked was, yeah, he's been there less than nine months and, for me, a, a manager needs at least two transfer windows to, you know, get the team he likes, whether they're on free transfers or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's a difficult one because even though, like I say, it's it's good to give managers time, and it, they're still sat twenty second in the league. So from a chairman's perspective and a club's perspective, it's that time of year, you know, December, January, where clubs panic, and if they don't make a change now, it can be too late. So. Like I say, from from a chairman's perspective, it definitely came as no surprise. Even though, like I say, it's um, it's nice to give managers a bit of time, you know, at, at least a year. So to say he's only had nine months in charge, I do feel sorry for the guy. But like I say, panic stations also only won four games all season. It was it was certainly coming. Um, so I know we've mentioned on previous podcasts as well this last few weeks that we expected maybe Clement and maybe a couple of other managers to be next in the firing line. And, you know, those couple of weeks has passed and, and it's happened. And like I say, it has come as no surprise. It's just, can I really see another manager coming and doing any better? Ah, not particularly. I suppose if they finish 21st this season, then, you know, that would be a success based on where they are currently. Um Yeah, it's understandable that he's been sacked, I guess. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yes, an interesting one, Reading. I'm I'm surprised Clement has has lasted this long. Um, I guess the one saving grace he has is is the goal difference. At minus eight, it's... It's better than a lot of the teams down there uh, in in the sort of bottom five and six. So, sort of deserves credit for that. And, and another thing that he did do was he sort of got Reading scoring a lot of goals. Twenty six goals in twenty one games is quite good. Um, to to give it some context, that's more than Middlesbrough scored and they're in sixth. I think Yaku Mate uh, has come on and, and been a very good player this season. I think it was Clement that sort of brought him back from a low spell and, and got him into the team. So. It, it, it wasn't all bad, but I think it was only going one way. Uh, it probably wasn't the, the enthusiastic sort of GMF manager that they needed to get out of where they are. Four wins from 21 uh, look, looks awful. Uh, doesn't matter which way you paint that, it, it's not good at all. So, yeah, it's interesting to see where they'll go. I think I agree with Louis to the extent I don't see them getting out of the relegation fight anytime soon. And I think whoever, which, whoever they bring in is going to have to that'll be up for, for getting them out of that. Which which makes me think, you know, a, a lot of the men linked to it, I think there's some interesting candidates. Uh, you've got Castro in, in Portugal. I've, I've seen Gareth Ainsworth, but I think, honestly, uh, it might be a bit of a a, a wild shout, but I think um, Parkins, Phil Parkinson from, from Bolton, former Reading player, I think he's done very well at, at Bolton considering the, the financial constraints he has on him. Uh, to keep them up last year was incredible, and he still got them, you know, on 18 points. Yeah, they're second bottom, but they're not they're not out of touch like like Ipswich are at, at the bottom of the table. Uh, obviously, did good things with Bradford as well. I think he'd be he'd be a good manager for where Reading are now. Um, I think I think and he he'd probably keep them up. Whereas the other ones have been linked. I, I think there's a lot of question marks about. But I think I think Parkinson would be quite a low risk appointment, and I don't think they could really go wrong if they made it. It's just maybe not the glamour glamour appointment that Reading fans have won in, in Castro being a, a foreign name brings a bit of glamour to it if he did get it but I think honestly I think playing it safe bringing in Parkinson wouldn't be a bad shout at all yeah there's two for me really I think sort of in in terms of should he be given more time I think definitely as, as you mentioned Louis you know a manager really needs two transfer windows to only be there nine months so he's only you know had the summer transfer window to to get players in and you know, it's not sort of any time really at all, especially when he's working with his hands tied to some extent with, with another manager's squad. So I think definitely he should have been given more time. I think to, to echo what Jake said as well, it's not as if, you know, they're out of uh, touch at the bottom like Ipswich are. 
And I don't think, you know, even the most optimistic Reading fan would have expected him to be, you know, pushing for the playoffs this season. I think when the league started, you know, back in August, I think many of us tipped Reading to be in and around the relegation zone, you know, maybe be safe come the end of the season, but to definitely be in and around that, you'd say, sort of bunch of, of six or seven that would be, you know, in a bit of trouble this season. So, you know, they're not doing badly by any stretch of the imagination from from what people thought they would at the start of the season. So I think it is a harsh, you know, dismissal of Clement, but sort of to look who they are sort of linked with, you know, we've mentioned Castro and and you mentioned Phil Parkinson, Jake, sort of looking down the betting odds, one that is surprising for me and, you know, don't know if he'd go because I think he could, you know, wait for a, a better job to come along. And Steve Bruce is, you know, second favourite. So if they could get someone like that, you know, a manager who's got you know success at this level and be able i'd imagine you know to turn the team around but i think the sensible one for me definitely is phil parkinson as jake mentioned you know a manager used to play for reading and you know has that tie with the club albeit you know as you as you mentioned jake not the the glamour appointment that they wanted but you know, it can go one or two ways if they bring in sort of a foreign manager with no previous experience in, in the championship. And, you know, more often than not, they do find it difficult to adapt, especially in that first season. So to come in halfway through with someone else's squad and, you know, expect immediate success, I think is a recipe for disaster for them. So I think playing it safe and going for someone like Parkinson would, would you know, be a great shout for them. And, you know, I think looking sort of through their squad, I think, you know, they should be all right. I think there are worse teams in the division and I think, you know, whoever comes in should just about keep them up and then it's it's a case of rebuilding and trying to get them back to where they were a few seasons ago and, and pushing for the playoffs. Um but just quickly to touch on uh the, the Sheffield Wednesday manager uh, managerial situation, Louis, we'll come to you on this. Uh Luke, you know, struggling at the moment. You mentioned sort of earlier that you're sort of one for giving managers time. Do you think that He's been given enough time now, or do you think sort of it is getting to the point where Sheffield Wednesday need to look at sort of getting in a replacement? In my eyes, yes, they definitely need a replacement. Um, I really thought that they needed a replacement about a month ago. I think that Lukai should have probably been sacked in the international break, uh, if I'm completely honest. And I know that sounds awful because I have said that managers need time, but you know, things were picking up initially. Um even though we had restrictions at Sheffield Wednesday, but they just seem to be going backwards. Uh, we te- we're taking, we're not even taking a forward step at the minute. We're, we're taking two or three backward steps, and there seems to be loads of underlying issues at Sheffield Wednesday that needs to be dealt with. And, and I think I think the first point of call is is obviously starting with the manager. Um, I think you know at Wednesday they, they need to look at the bigger picture when when replacing Lukai. I mean. I believe that, yes, now is the time to sack him, you know, before Christmas. Um, I've, I've, I kind of can't understand his approach anymore. That We, 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 pay, we play this defensive strategy, 5-3-2, um, uh, sorry, yeah, 5-3-2 typically. Um, and for me, it, it's just not working. We've got the, the worst, one of the worst defensive records in, in, in the whole league. Uh, we've conceded more goals than any other team in the league, yet we we still set up in a, like I say, a, a, in a defensive approach, and and we're an attacking team. If you look at the players, obviously that we've got, it, it's it's not rocket science in the fact that we've got players like Bannon, Reach, Forestieri, Zhao, you know, 
your hoopers when he's fit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it, playing, like I say, five three two at home to Rotherham, who are, are below us in the in the table, it. it I just can't get my head around it. I wrote a blog on it, actually, a couple of weeks ago, so you can check that out on my website or on my Twitter feed if you want to find it. But I think Wednesday really need to look at the bigger picture now. Uh, they've been linked, even though Lukai's not been sacked as yet. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it may be imminent, can't even speak. Um, but they, they need to look at like a, a three- to five-year plan, seriously. And, and, and for me, an Englishman would be ideal. Uh, but they have been linked with Steve Bruce. I don't know whether the whether Bruce would be the answer for me. I think short term it, it, it'd be a good appointment for the next eighteen months or, eighteen months or so. But but long term for me, like I say, we need this new philosophy, new approach. Obviously, there's FFP restrictions in place at the minute. We're, we're basically on the borderline there, so there's probably no money to play with, despite having a billionaire owner. And and like I say, if the next three-year plan for me, if we can finish 18th this season, 14th season after, 10th season after, and build upon that, that is literally the way that I can see things, you know, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel with Sheffield Wednesday. But to answer your question, yes, um, I think his days are numbered um, at Sheffield Wednesday now. And I, I believe that, we, yeah, we, we, we need an Englishman to come in, someone, you know, we, we, we've given... Carvajal obviously had a good go, got us so close. But yeah, Luca, it's not just work. We we need someone who knows the championship, and um, yeah, soon, sooner rather than later is all I can say. Yeah, I think you know, sort of looking at you, you know, I, I thought this season, as you said, you'd be playing a bit more attacking football. You like to reach Bannon, you know, etc. I'd be sort of pushing you up back towards the place where you had been, you know, a few years ago. But at the moment, sort of looking at you, you know, it only seems to be going one way. And, you know, I'd hate to see sort of uh, sort of one of the bigger teams in the division, you know, end up sort of going down, you know, doing sort of similar to what, say, Sunderland did, for example. Um, so I think definitely for you, getting someone else in now, giving them, you know, that January transfer window to really back them and, and start sort of pushing you back up the table is, is you know, desperately needed. Um, but sort of to, to turn our attention before we sort of wrap up back towards the top of the table, and we'll come to you first on this, Jake. Leeds and Norwich, you know, now opening up a sort of a, a gap at the top of the table. I think when I last checked, it was about sort of four or five points that they're clear of, of their nearest rival, Sheffield, Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United, um, do you expect them to sustain this throughout the season? Obviously, I touched on Leeds earlier, been that team really over the last few years that keep going close and then it gets to Christmas and they fall off. And obviously you touched on Norwich not having the sort of the defence to challenge, you know, for the automatic promotion spots for the majority of the season. Do you expect them to sort of fall away and be penned back or do you expect them to, you know, go the whole way this season? No, I don't think either team is going to run away with it. And I think that's a common theme on this podcast, that we, we've all sort of agreed that there isn't going to be a team that runs away with it. And I don't see it being these two teams, even though they do have a little cushion at the moment. Norwich, next two games, they've got Bristol City and Blackburn away. Uh, both winnable, but also both you know tricky games. And, and it, it would be a surprise if they went and, and beat both those teams. And Leeds, um, just before Christmas, have, have Aston Villa away. So that's looking like a tricky one. So... I think they will be both. Uh, they'll both drop points soon, um, and I think Sheffield United uh, are, are doing well. That was a big win for them at the weekend. 
think Derby has slowly building up momentum under Frank Lampard. I think uh, they've had a, a few tricky games. Um, not not the most difficult games, but they've been tricky and they managed to to get the wins. Uh, I know they lost to Stoke, probably a bit disappointed in that one. But then they went and beat Swansea, um, who I think are a good team under Graham Potter. So that's a good win. And, and going away to Wigan, I know they had a man set off, but it's it's a tricky ground to play at. Wigan are very good at home. They've got most of their points at home. So to go there and win is a huge result. And now they've got two home games coming up. A spicy one next weekend against Nottingham Forest in the derby. And then Bristol City at home. And although Bristol City did beat Birmingham at the weekend, they're not the greatest travellers and can be very inconsistent. So I think Derby could be the ones that are really pushing on over Christmas and, and, and catching up with uh, Norwich and Leeds. I think West Brom are another one, slowly getting their form back uh, under Darren Moore. Got a, a good draw um, on Friday night against Villa. So, yeah, I don't I don't see either one of them running away with it, to be honest. I think Norwich have got too many sort of problems in, in the defence. and There's only so many times they can score three or four goals to, to counteract that. Um I think they're in a good run of form at the moment and and they've established themselves as one of the top teams, but I don't think that they, they've got enough about them. Uh, and like you said earlier, James, their squad depth is a problem as well. So I don't see that being being something that, that goes on for, for much longer. Leeds, that the style of play that, that Bielsa plays, they've got so many injuries. It seems to be players just getting injured left, right and centre. Um, managed to cope with it so far but there's only so much there's only so many you know times you can bring in a young player or, or change a formation you know it's not always going to work out so i think i think both teams have their problems but i think both teams have done enough over the sort of the first half of the season to establish themselves as definite promotion contenders i just don't think either of them have got enough about them to be definite you know promoted teams so i, I, I don't think you could talk about either one of them like you could talk about wolves last year or you could talk about Newcastle the year before, or you could, you know, talk about um, even Brighton that that season before as well. I don't think that, that either of them have got that about them yet. Yeah, it's an interesting question, and, and I know obviously what Jake's just said there, but I'm going to hit him with a stat. So the stat is in the last ten years, after 21 games, uh, the team that has been top uh, number one after 21 games, like I say, uh, has got promoted. Um, and like I say, that's every team in the last ten years has gone on to be promoted. So. Um, I don't want to jinx Norwich, obviously, sat at the top at the minute, but they do find themselves in a great position. And I think if you take Norwich and Leeds, they've obviously both hit form at a really good time. You know, we all talk about how around Christmas and the winter month is peak in the championship. The only problem that they've got it got for both of them is that, you know, they've got to maintain this form until at least February, I'd say, if, if they really are going to run away with the league. And, and you know, when, when you are challenging for automatic which they both are I think that you know both teams can only have really one more dip in form where they probably have one bad month if they're not going to finish first or second I know we've talked about Leeds in the past and I remember under Christiansen where they probably had three bad months that season and you know found found themselves just just missing out on the playoffs and you know we all know that this league is is very ruthless um so, yeah, they, they, they need to maintain it. But like Jake says, they have got a decent cushion at the minute. It's just when Norwich and Leeds come to play, like your Sheffield United's Derby's West Brom, Middlesbrough Forest, etc., it can all flip on his head again. But it is um, an interesting thought. Yeah, I agree with, with what sort of Jake said and, and Louis said to some extent. I think 
I think they won't run away with it, but I think they'll be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. I think Norwich, you know, I don't think many expected them to be there come the start of the season, so it'll be interesting to see how sort of their owners back them over the January transfer window. Do they have a good go at it and, you know, bring in a few more players to sort of help with that squad depth and, and add a bit more quality, or do they sort of see how it's going and, you know, sort of let it run? I think Leeds, for me, as Jake said, you know, fitness issues be able to play such a high sort of tempo style there and you know the injuries are starting to mount up now so their squad depth as we mentioned earlier in the season is is really going to be tested over this Christmas period and it's whether they can you know keep picking up points and and stay with the pack but I think definitely over the course of the season I think they will be pegged back a little bit um but I still expect you know both of them to be in that top six come sort of February time out of that sort of busy run of games over sort of Christmas and January. Um, But before we wrap up, we'll just sort of cover a few key games from next weekend. Um, We'll come to you first on first one, Louis. Uh, This week's Friday night game sees Sheffield United take on West Brom in, you know, another top of the table clash. You know, the top of the league so tight this year that every week there seems to be, you know, two or three top of the table clashes. And, you know, this one's no different. Um, at Bramall Lane, so are you going with a home win or do you think West Brom can go to, to Sheffield United and cause them some trouble? I think they can cause trouble, yes. You only have to look at, obviously, the amount of goals West Brom do score and can score. However, you look at the table, there's one point in it. So effectively, whoever wins this game can jump to third and cement them, you know, cement their place in third if it is Sheffield United who take the victory. But, like I say... Friday night on TV. For me, Sheffield United always, you know, perform well at home. I'd expect them to score, but with the amount of goals I know that West Brom are capable of, I'm going to predict a 2-1 victory for West Brom there. Yeah, and the same to you, Jake. How do you see the game on Friday night going? Do you expect Sheffield United to, to pick up the win, or do you expect West Brom to, to go to Bramall Lane and get something from the game? Yeah, I, I I think West Brom are going to go there and win. Um, I don't really have much to base that on, but I think getting getting that equaliser against Villa on on last Friday was was huge for them. Um, and then obviously you know they've got they've just got so many good attacking players. And I think Sheffield United they they're very good at they're just very good at sticking close to the top two. But I don't think they've got enough about them to get into it and. I think this is going to be another example of that. If it was at the Hawthorns, I think we'd all say a West Brom win, but I still think West Brom are going to go to Bramall Lane and get the three points. Uh, I don't really have much to base it on. It's just just a feeling I have that they're going to go there and get the win. So yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say a two-one West Brom win on this one. Yeah, so the next game we'll come to, and we'll come back to you again on this, Louis Rotherham Reading Saturday three o'clock. Rotherham are doing a little bit better than I thought they would this season. Um, you know, a little bit ahead of the sort of the the bottom couple in the in the, the division you know got a decent draw away at you last weekend just gone obviously reading may have a new manager in charge by then may not so how do you see the game going and and who would be your sort of pick to win that one it's a difficult one because effectively if you lose this game you could be in the relegation zone or if, if reading win this game obviously they can come out of it um so it'd probably be a bit of a nervy affair both teams probably afraid to concede. Rotherham draw a lot of games. Reading potentially have a new manager. Um, but at home, I, I think Rotherham will give a good account for themselves. Um, 
but I can't look past the draw. If I'm honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this will be a one-one. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna go against Louis on this one. I think it's I think Rotherham have, have got enough about them to win. Um, thought they they showed a lot of good signs in that draw against Wednesday. Uh, prior to that, they, they've had good draws against Sheffield United and QPR. Obviously, got that very good win against Swansea at the start of the month, and they do seem to to play better when they're at home. Uh, they lost three home matches; they've scored twice in each of them. So I think that's that's something to to give them confidence. So I don't think Reading are that good. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't think it was entirely Paul Clemens' fault. I think it was uh, a case that this squad's just not that good. And I think it's, I mean, I, I don't mean to go back to that season they finished third, but I, I still think then it wasn't that good. And I think I think they've. So they've reverted to the mean and they've now been challenging down at the bottom of the table and it's just not surprising. I think Mate is a really good player. Um, could see him potentially get a one, but I think Rotherham are going to have enough. Uh, I, see, I think they're going to win. Uh, I'm going to say a 2-1 home win. Yeah, and then the final game that we'll come to sort of in our predictions for next weekend is a game that I'll be going to, Preston against Millwall on Saturday. For for us really, this is the kind of game where, you know, over the course of the season, especially in the last two years, it's been really frustrating. We get decent wins, you know, away from home against teams that you wouldn't expect us to win against. So classic example, Nottingham Forest the weekend just gone and then we follow it up with sort of a you know, a dismal home performance and, and you know, pick up a point and that's what really cost us in the last two years. Uh, we'll come to you first, Louis. How do you sort of see this game going? Do you reckon Preston can keep up sort of the, the winning run um, following on from the Nottingham Forest game or do you expect Millwall to go to Deepdale and get something? No, I really expect Preston to keep up the decent run of form that they've had this last six weeks. Um, I think Preston have, you know, got the more quality players. Millwall, if I'm honest, keep letting me down. We know what they're capable of from last season. Obviously, this time last year, Preston versus Millwall, they were both fighting for the playoffs. So, um I still can't believe where Millwall are. I think, you know, they're better than where they are. But, like I say, they, they keep only picking up draws or losing and they haven't won in a long while. So, away from home, for that reason, um, I'm going to go a 3-1 victory for Preston in this game. Uh, and I think this is a good time for me to throw out a huge prediction. What, one that doesn't apply to this game, but this game plays into it. And one that James is like, I'm going I'm to say right now, 10th of December... Preston will make the playoffs this season. I'm pretty confident of that one. I'm going to say it right now. I've, I've been looking at their upcoming fixtures. I think they've 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 got they've got room to really build up momentum over the next few weeks. Um, I thought I fancied them at the start of the season. Didn't start well, obviously, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna say that they're gonna do it. They've got Millwall obviously on Saturday. Then you've got Sheffield Wednesday, Hull, Aston Villa at home, Rotherham, Swansea, QPR, Stoke. Derby. I think there's a real opportunity for them to build up some real momentum uh, up until February. Then once you get there, if if they get the points down to sort of like four or five points off the playoffs, I think they're in a great position to get there. So I'm going to say right now, Preston will make the playoffs this year. Huge shout, but you know sometimes you've got to go for them. Um, so yeah, this weekend I, I see them winning the game. Uh, otherwise, that prediction would be completely <laughs> weird. So yeah, I think they're going to they're beat they're going to beat Millwall. Um, I say two nil, two nil Preston. Well, that's just uh, completely thrown me off because I was not expecting you to to come out with that. So um, huge call, huge call, huge, wow. yeah, huge call, yeah. Nearly as uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back to it. My call that Norwich should be uh, dark horses for promotion at the start of the season. So yeah, I think for us this game is, as I said, you know, one of those games where 
it is um, a potential banana skin for us. But I think, you know, with the, the form that the players have been in, barring that Birmingham game, I'd, I'd expect us to win the game. I'd be, you know, thoroughly disappointed if we couldn't follow up that fantastic performance away at Nottingham Forest on Saturday with a home win. You know, we're starting to get a few players back from injury now. Daniel Johnson's back, Tom Clark's back. The only sort of way I'm... I think we may struggle is we've got quite a lot of our forward players out at the moment and we seem to have trouble breaking teams down who come to deep Dell to sort of sit back and soak up pressure which I think Millwall will do we tend to be you know better at hitting teams on the break where they're expected to have a go at us so I think you know we could nick it maybe one or two nil um I can't see us you know but I've been wrong in the past you know putting three four five past past Millwall but you know, it, it remains to be seen. And, you know, if, if we can challenge up for the playoffs, like, you know, Jake has boldly suggested, I'll be delighted come the end of the season. And I'm still trying to get Jake to come to a Preston game this year because I know we've got a few coming up around sort of him. So if we are on a roll by the time January comes around, uh, you know, who knows? Um, but with that, we're out of time. Um, thanks for coming on today, guys. If you two want to let everyone know where they can find you, now would be a good time. So you can find me at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter, do a lot of football writing, blogging, and uh, plenty of Sheffield Wednesday statistics also. You can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. Uh, I wrote for EPL Index, and I was also recorded a segment for the Premier League show on this same channel yesterday, talking about Newcastle, so check that one out if you want to hear anything about that. Yeah, and you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I tweet mainly about Preston North End. More importantly, you can reach us on the show at Championship Pod, where each episode is released and be our pinned tweet on there. So give us a follow and then you won't miss a show. Um, but yeah, cheers for coming on today, guys, and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.